Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast, and I'm Justin, your host. Hey, if this is your first time listening, just thank you first and foremost for becoming a part of this community, um, becoming a part of this school. You know, if you clicked on something and you, it led you here, then it means that we were able to generate enough curiosity about maybe a pain that's existing in your life or it has existed for a while now. In particular, maybe that pain looks a little bit like you're tired of frustrated of transactional learning. You're tired and frustrated of people who are telling you stories from upon high about how to reach your dreams and not really telling you the steps of how to get there. Or maybe it's because someone's telling you to specialize in some particular type of art and design career and you're looking for confirmation and maybe inspiration of other ways to do things, other ways to support a family off of your career path and support a family off of your expression and truly live the life of your dreams. So if any of those things sound common to you, then it's probably true that you're in the right place. You know, for over two and a half years, we've delivered over 150 to 160 hours upon hours of information to countries around the world and we've brought dozens upon dozens of guest lecturers upon this platform and you've heard from me quite a bit as well and as a result where we are now is all about how to not only just understand the tactics the one two three four five six steps that are needed to get to where you want to go but also to understand how to develop the mind it's going to help you sustain the success and to deal with the ups and downs that will inevitably come. And then lastly, to stay inspired as you're pursuing and as you're in the as you're in the, the deep end of your pursuits. So all of those things and more we cover here. And if you want more stuff that sounds anything like that, then you can go to educated-guest.com and at Instagram. No, not at, on Instagram. We are at educated underscore underscore guests. This lets you know that I always do one take on this and it's always live in terms of um, the, the intro because context changes frequently and we're frequently evolving. We're always trying to update. We're always trying to grow. And as a result, we want to have you all grow with us. So that said, today is our segment entitled Well Read. Um, we've been doing this for quite a while. This is actually the legacy format for how we've delivered information in the past and in particular, we have done a more of a dialogue style where we've brought people on who've talked about their experiences. And you've probably listened to those before you even listen to this. Um, studio owners that are world renowned. Um, business owners that are world renowned investors. We've brought pretty much from every angle of the creative space and in the creative industries. We brought people on from those spaces. And as a result, we are here. Um, and now we're doing more monologue style, um, more psychoanalytic biographical styles of interesting artist profiles that are worth noting and worth knowing about so that you can do a deeper dive on your own. We're simply trying to provide you the Cliff Notes version so that you can be introduced to a completely new person that never will show up in your into your feed or into your explore page or into your algorithm, wherever you consume information, because if you don't know to search for a certain name, there's never going to be a remaking of your algorithm. So that said, we're here to refer refresh your feed 
your mind feed, your inspiration feed, your creative feed. And today we're talking about Michael Heiser. And in particular, we're going to address at least two, maybe three topics as it relates to his story, his ongoing story, his past work, and potentially his relevance to your process of becoming. So in general, it's widely known that Michael Heiser operates at scales beyond the imagination of potentially a, ch- a child or just a normal art school student or a post-art school student or an aspirational art school student. Most people who want to go study art want to come out and do fashion, want to come out and do graphic design, want to come out and do paintings, maybe at the scale of an installation and even architecture, maybe at the scale of the building or the city. However, and when it gets to the scale of the building of the city, it becomes most in most cases less about expression and more about the programmatic matching to what the brief reads. So it's curious that Michael Heiser is well known for his land art and his site-specific sculptures. So land art is one of those epics in the um, sort of lineage of art history that doesn't frequently get talked about. It also get often gets skipped over. And in most cases, people just kind of recognize it as something, but not really a real thing because one, it's slow, one, it's large, one, it's it requires that you are there in person to view it. You can't get the full experience. And there's many books on that concept alone, um, in particular ways of seeing is um, a particular um, reference that you might want to check out. But he works largely outside the confines of traditional galleries and museums. And he has sort of redefined sculpture, redefined sculpture in terms of size, mass, gesture, and process. And as one of the founders, if you will, of this movement of landmass or earth art or land art, since the 60s, when he sort of began this, he's challenged the traditional art gallery world and museum world to escape the confines of the museum. And I think that's particularly important right now, is particularly in the circumstances of the global pandemic ongoing and also the ramifications of the of a any pandemic at any given point in time or any globally um, infectious, impactful event, um, what that means for the place of art and where should art exist, how should it exist, how should it manifest, and where should it go? I think that's incredibly important to examine Michael Heiser's propositions through his work to imagine what viewership of art might it might look like or what the experience of viewership might look like on a superhuman scale. Uh, and it kind of relationally places you back to, and this is the beauty of land art to me, it's not just, oh, well, let me go out into nature and experience nature because nature is important. That's definitely true. Um, it's more so about arranging yourself and orienting yourself to the beauty of the place we inhabit. I think it's in- incredibly important that um, this actually goes back to if you've heard the new Lupe out or N- Lupe Project new EP, then you know that Virgil gives a intro that talks about everything being man-made. And I think it's so timely because everything is man-made. The colors we see, the 
um, materials we see, the silicone, like the the silicon used on chips to power our technological devices, which soon I, I would argue that most of the world will have access to some sort of technology in the respect to how to stay connected with the internet. Um, so, and that's an advantageous ploy and also a potentially dangerous ploy to want to do that. Um, comes with its ups and downs like everything. So it's a particularly important gesture that Michael Heiser was ahead of his time in doing in 1960s, in the 1960s, when he's saying, hey, orient yourself, people, orient yourself to the superhuman scale of this art, because you want to go and view the type of art that sits upon a wall that was also created by man. But let's go and recognize our relation to the superhuman creation of the very earth that we inhabit. So at the time, if you kind of go back chronologically in the story and the life of Michael Heiser, you're forced to understand that he kind of split and currently splits his time between three places. That's Berkeley, California, New York City, and Nevada. And if you're interested in this type of work, then you realize that if you're interested in and you know anything about those three places, you realize the polarity of each of those three. And it's sort of this distinct triangular opposing this interesting triad of opposing forces that sort of connect each other curiously, but are couldn't be further from one another. Berkeley is arguably one of the places I've been to, to Berkeley and I love Berkeley and Berkeley is arguably one of the first places that I would mention. If you ask me to describe the antithesis of New York city, um, I think, I think it just is secondly, Nevada or Nevada, however you want to say it, I think it's actually Nevada. I'm not sure, but it, that is sort of the place for landmass. I mean, you think about the Grand Canyon, you think about the mountains, you think about the sort of great last passage before you reach the California coast. And curiously to set up shop in those three places, reflects itself and sort of introduces itself to the public via his work. So you think about some of his work as you begin to research it, um, you start to understand how you're able to go from rural California, Nevada, Peru, and Bolivia and study sort of like this, um, this interesting lineage with his, his grand, his maternal grandfather, Olaf P. Jenkins, who was a geologist, and he, you realize that his attendance at San Francisco Art Institute in 1963 was really just a foregone conclusion, but it was really, he couldn't understand, and this is the lesson that we're hoping to get across, is he couldn't understand, and you can't really understand the polarity of what you're trying to express until you understand the opposite of what you want to express. Sometimes understanding what you don't want to do is the most important thing you can seek out. So to move to New York in 1966, um, working tradition in a very traditional art fashion with Carl Andre, um, um, Tony Smith, like these these folks that he was with in New York, pay a particular play a particularly important role as you begin to contextualize and understand his work today. Um, so. This is just a brief introduction to Michael Heiser. I would highly, highly encourage you to go research and, 
you know, examine his a couple of his notable projects, in, including but not limited to City, which was created in 1972, Double Negative, which was created in 1969, and Levitated Mass, which was created in 2012. Each of those, you'll notice a, a curious and an interesting through line and sort of connecting node between them that tells us tells a story that's broader than what we could understand from a museum and probably tells an even broader story as it forces you to begin to experience art outside the museum and outside the confines of your 13 to 17 inch laptop or your 23 to 25 inch second screen that you might be using. So with all these things known, and if you're interested in more context or more information about Michael Heiser, then there are plenty of places to just Google his work, his story on the internet. I would just highly encourage you to take this as a brief introduction to his life story, his life's work, and to understand how to give people the roses while they can still smell them, the flowers while they can still smell them. And as a result, begin to dig, dig deeper into his purpose for the work and perhaps begin to analyze the work in a way that's unique to what art means, asking some of these questions, try asking some of these questions. What does art mean outside the confines of museums? What is the purpose of art outside the confines of the 2D image or the three-dimensional image, or excuse me, the, the three-dimensional digital image? Or, you know, what what does it mean? Where should we go? Where should art be? Um, so I would highly encourage you to, to research those things. And perhaps you might find a few things that are very, very interesting along the way. And if you're interested in more content from us in particular, then you can go to educated-guests.com, educated-guests.com, or at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram. And just have a conversation, introduce yourself, talk back, talk back with us, and maybe who knows where the road will take us all. So looking forward to it. If you're, again, if you want to contact us, we're open. We'll have someone definitely respond to you at any of these given platforms. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Peace.